American Gunslingers presenting Ubaldi Reports. Hey everybody, this is John with Ubaldi Reports, the one podcast that provides fact, not fiction, on issues facing America, whether domestically and internationally. And just to give us, um, before we start, I want to introduce my co-host, Joe Bitts, a former Marine who's retired um, from co- retired combat Marine who was wounded in Iraq. I did 30 years of combat duty in Iraq and Afghanistan. Howdy. And so this kind of goes into what we're going to talk about tonight is America Day, America's independence, because tomorrow is Fourth of July. We normally do the podcast on Wednesday, but because it's Fourth of July tomorrow, we want to do something to kind of talk about American independence or the Fourth of July and talk about our freedoms and what all that means. Something very weird was happening, though, this Fourth of July, because Fourth of July is on a Tuesday. Correct. A lot of the fireworks were on the first. Yeah. So are they trying to re, re, um, re? Not re. Like July Fourth. What's the importance of July Fourth? Why is it July Fourth? Because that's when we signed the Declaration of Independence against. Um, that was the birth of American independence. Now, was, now okay. Now, uh, okay. A little bit of history behind that, because okay, I always thought, for a long time, that it was after we won the war against England. No, that's when we signed the Declaration of Independence. So when we signed the Declaration that's of Independence, declare, that was bef- that was actually us declaring our independence from England. Okay, don't look at me like that. I mean, there might be other people. No, out there. I know that's a viable question. That's but when it signaled our. Did that kind of maybe start the conflict between us and England? No, the conflict started um, much earlier than that. The whole reason is if you have to go back to the French Indian Wars. Well, the Boston Tea Party well, was no, what not initiated it. What really initiated the whole thing, you Mm -hmm. have to go back to the French and Indian War. This is where England and France went to war over a a place called Quebec in in obviously Canada. Yeah. And England won. And American uh, colonists took part in that conflict on the side of the English. But because England spent a lot of money in that conflict... They decided, King George decided, well, we got to raise taxes on the colonists to pay for this. Mm-hmm. And he just arbitrarily did it. You got to pay more money. And this infuriated the um, the colonists. So I like this history lesson. This is kind of like your forte. This is something, you know, you're very, you know, you're really proficient at. When... So was it we were we just like were we like just a British colony prior? We were a British colony prior. What were we called prior to America? We, no, we were just called the colonies. Okay. And so, the British under King George had to raise money to pay off the debt that was incurred during the French and Indian War. So mm-hmm. they decided to raise taxes on the American colonists, and the American colonists didn't have a say that their taxes were going up. So everything kept leading up to it, leading up to it. And then you had the Boston Tea Party, which was British taxed, put a high, uh, high percentage of taxes on a certain tea in favor of an English tea mm-hmm. that, so they would make money. And the colonists said, enough of this. They threw in the Boston Tea, the Boston Harbor, goes from there. And then it just kept going. It kept escalating and escalating. And then you had... The one shot heard around the world. I know we're going pretty quick in history here. Right, keep on going. Well, you had Boston. The um, British soldiers were going into the Boston Massacre. The Boston Massacre, and it, nobody knows at this point who fired the first shot. It was just fired. Yeah. 
and British soldiers were killed. American soldiers were American Minutemen or colonists were killed. And that just set the stage. And then we got to the Declaration of Independence. And Where were we in, during the conflict when the Declaration of Independence was signed? We were in the midst of the beginning of the Rarican Revolution. Okay. This really solidified that the colonies revolting from England. Mm-hmm. And obviously we all know who wrote the Declaration of Independence was Thomas Jefferson. Mm-hmm. And just a little bit of history, Thomas Jefferson did not take part in the Constitutional Convention. Thomas Jefferson was in France during this period. So, you know, and then when did, when did, when were we declared, you know, we won? Oh, let's see. That would have been, I think, 1783 is when the Paris uh, Accords were signed. And then in 1787, we had something, well, before, up and after we finally broke away, we became a free country. Then we had something called the Articles of the Confederation, Mm -hmm. which was very weak central government and a very strong state government. So I do appreciate the history lesson, especially for me, maybe a little bit more, but I mean, this kind of, this kind of history now isn't taught to what, you know, that you and I now know as it is. is Well, I think the reason is, and this is why, because they don't see a need for it. I had a friend of mine who was a history teacher at a charter school and while he was teaching there, they just said, just as long as your kids can read and write, do whatever you want. So there's no test that you have to take to understand American history. Now, if you remember uh, just last week when the Supreme Court overturned the affirmative action, and especially with student loans, President Biden gets up there and said, this is a mistake. This goes against the Constitution where it says all men are created equal and are endowed by the creator to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That's not in the Constitution. That's in the Declaration of Independence. So if we are concerned when the National Educational Assessment came out and showed that only 13% of eighth graders are proficient at high, in, um, in history and civics, when we have our own president doesn't know the difference between the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution, we got a problem. Mm-hmm. And especially as we celebrate the 4th of July tomorrow, we got elected officials even right now don't understand their own duties as congressional representatives and as senators. So this is where we're at. So going back earlier, so in 1787, they established the U.S. Constitution. A couple of years later, it was ratified. Finally, in 1789, it was ratified, and we move on. First president was George Washington. So what does it mean for you to be, you know, American, um, especially here during the 4th of July? You're a Marine veteran, so am I. Correct. Um, so we kind of, I think we kind of look at this day a little bit differently we do, than, than most. We're veterans. We've served, and both of us served in combat. You were wounded. I wasn't, but I was went to over 45 different funerals for Marines and soldiers who were killed. And I don't think other people understand the, uh, I mean, we live in a country where we have more freedoms than most here around here. I'm not saying like we're, we are the freest country when it comes to other countries, especially somebody, or we have a lot of people that are very, very critical of this country that can say bad things about this country and still live 
in the luxury of the freedoms that no, is. I agree. Because I mean, would this ha- happen in any other country where you can berate or even talk bad about your country and well, not have some kind of repercussion? Here's the difference between this country and many other countries around the world. Other countries have freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, America has freedom. America is not perfect. I'm never going to say America is a perfect country. Our, we had slavery, the way we treated the American Indians, the way we treated the Chinese, um, the Japanese, Irish, Italians, whoever. America is not p- perfect. But what Abraham Lincoln once kind of stated is, America is an evolving country, meaning we're evolving to better ourselves, to fall, go back to the ideas that were found in the Declaration of Independence, that all men are created equal. When Abraham Lincoln debated Stephen Douglas in 1858 in the primary issue of slavery, he said that Abraham, you know, Thomas Jefferson was a great man, but he was flawed. He pushed the pursuit, all men are created equal, but he owned slaves. And what he said is, when he debated Stephen Douglas, who wanted, let the po- the popular sovereignty, let the people make that decision. But what he was overtly saying is, he used the Bible. And the Bible said, we're all, if all men, if we're all equal under God's eyes. And if the Declaration of Independence stated that all men are created equal, how can some men be free and others be enslaved? Mm-hmm. So that set the motion for this. But we're not a perfect country. But here's the point. In, let's say Europe. If your family went to college, you have a greater chance to go to college. In America, I'm sorry. So if your parents did not go to college, you're more than likely chances of going to college are, remote, are, are, are slim. You go to some Asian countries like Japan. If you start a business and your business fails, that's it. That means you lost your honor. In America, you start a business, it fails. You start a business, it fails. You may go three or four businesses and it fails, but you finally get that one. And if you look at history, like when all the great titans got started and mm-hmm. all the companies, they failed at so many things until they got it. Yep. But their perseverance, we set the motion for small businesses to succeed. We don't have a, a hierarchy. I mean, unless you look at Congress and the Senate. But we don't have a hierarchy. We don't have an elite, an aristocratic elites. Like we don't have kings and queens like you do a monarchy. Okay. We don't have a so like a, the sheikhs and everything like that. That would be that. that would be a aristocratic. Yeah, an aristocratic. We don't have a monarchy where let's say I mean nothing against the the royal family in England, but what makes uh, Prince Harry Prince. Um, What's a, what's it Harry, um, or Prince or King Charles, or his chill or Prince William? What makes them different from somebody else? Just mm-hmm. because they were born into a family in America, years people are born into wealthy families all the time. Yeah, but you're not deprived of a position because you were born into a, a poor family. I was born poor. Yeah, we had to give money to our parents because they didn't have the money. For us to do things, that but my, kinda, that's, that's kind of crazy to me too. That I mean, I've heard about it. I even maybe like seen things on like TV where yeah, the family's chipping in, but to know actual somebody that used to go out to work and then fork over their money—that's what we had bills. to do if we wanted to survive. Yeah, my, but but we're not denied the opportunities 
because we were poor. I got I got a bachelor's degree. I got a master's degree. My mm-hmm. dad only had a fifth grade education. Yeah. My younger brother runs a superintendent for a construction company. I have another brother who was a captain. He's now retired in the fire department. So we're not in America. You're not stepped down because of that. Now everybody could fault and go back to the um, the Supreme Court ruling on discrimination. What they used is the Fourteenth Amendment, the Equal Protection Clause. But we've actually talked about this, especially on this podcast. Um, even so, like. Um you know, oh, you know. Here's a shocker. I'm white. You know, my son's right. my son's white. But uh, if him, you know, he being white, and then there was an African American and a Mex- or a Hispanic kid, and we weren't up to grade level or proficiency, or if our, we didn't have if the proficiency or the grade level wasn't up to par for them to move it to the second grade, the only person that would get held back, the only person that would get held back is the white kid because yeah, see, the, because they think that they're doing them some great service of moving moving them up and you know they're harming students yeah they're harming but then then is there something like maybe they're making it seem like they're doing something but they're actually they're better actually, they're doing it for the betterment of they're actually harming kids I mean, the National Educational Asse- uh, Assessment that came out mm-hmm. showed that 92% of African, 13-year-old African-American children are not proficient at math. Mm-hmm. So you want to provide opportunities. You're never going to have the same outcome on anything. You're just never. I mean, I wanted to be an economist. But because I'm severely dyslexic, math just throws me off. I just cannot do numbers. And you'll see that when we do our business plan. But, I mean, I just can't do numbers. So am I supposed to get promoted just because I have a deficiency? I just realize I'm not as good as somebody else who's better in math. But also but maybe you choose something else that you're better but, but, at. Okay, but back in the day, since you were an Italian-American kid, and that was kind of – and then. You know, back in whenever you were born, I think it was like the 40s or 50s. Yeah, that's probably <laughs> Thanks. When you're going through school – <clears throat> this uh, hearing or this 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 uh, equal opportunity that they were trying to push through, you would have benefited too, and you're white as a ghost. Exactly, but I mean, but getting back to the original premise, I worked at a um, when my business didn't exactly take off as fast, and then COVID came along. I was for, and you know this. I was forced to work at a. I'll admit it. I was forced to work at a fast food restaurant. Tell them what the fast food. Come on. I worked at Chick Fil A, yeah. and I busted my butt. I was never late. I was always on time. I went there. I hate to say this, sick twice. He walked eight miles when to my go truck. To... When my truck was broke down, eight was at, miles. So I would I not work. I would. <laughs> I walked eight miles. Got this is literally walked eight miles. And I mean floating this like your parents walked 20 miles in the snow. No, no, no. <laughs> I walked eight miles and then worked 11 hour day on my feet. I almost called you an Uber. <laughs> That's how I was like, I need to, I need to pick this guy up. Or no, I need but to I, that was my responsibility. But when I was there, we had individuals from the kitchen manager was from Ecuador. The, uh, we had people from Mexico, Puerto Rico, Cuba. There was a couple Cubans. And then we had one girl from Venezuela. And every one of them, especially I used to talk to the kitchen manager a lot, and he even said, I don't get you Americans. You guys want to embrace socialism. 
America is like the land of opportunity because I did not have this in my country. The one guy from Cuba, mm-hmm. he was a little bit more edgier, saying, "I don't get you guys." You, you can say you can say that the, some of the most American people are the immigrants that came because over here seen properly. What America was like there was a. I work at a law enforcement supply company. Not a cop. Not a cop. And across yeah. the street is, I think it's a mobile station, if I remember right. And we always go there to get, you know, I get my protein drink. But I talk to the guy who's an Indian and American. He comes from the country, India. And we talk a little bit about this, and he doesn't understand America. He really doesn't. And what I mean by that is he goes, you have so much opportunity here. And when we talk about... When people say they're being oppressed, he goes, oppression? You need to go to my country when it comes to poverty. Pakistan or India? India. Okay. You go to my country and talk about poverty. Americans think they're poor. Everybody can get access to basic health care, basic shelter, health care, because we have programs. There's Medicare, Medi-Cal, there's food stamps, there's welfare, there's all these benefits. You're poor in other countries. That's it. You're poor. There was places in the Philippines when I was at. People were born in on dumps. Mm-hmm. And that's where they born, raised, lived, grew up, and died. Well, it's kind of like the caste system, too. Like, yeah, if they were they, born, if they were born system. in, yeah. No we ma- don't have that. Now, we can look back at our history, how Americans, how the United States treated, you know, ethnic minorities, especially blacks, obviously. But we've evolved since then. And if you go back to the, the writings and the teachings of uh, Martin Luther King, when he said that I have a dream speech, and I'll paraphrase it, that he wanted to be judged on his content, not the color of his skin, on his character. Mm-hmm. But we've got individuals who twisted that around and like the whole affirmative action being overturned. What makes this student or this person different, let's say an Asian student? And it, there was a, a student here in Florida, scored a 1595 on his SAT, but was denied entrance into the Ivy League school. But if that would have flipped, and then, uh, let's say the person would have put down a black or Hispanic, they would have gotten in. Mm-hmm. So, but from but from the overall totality, we can challenge our elected officials. Is that just like the university's virtue signaling? Like, oh, we will accept you and stuff like that, or we will do... They will, but they're, but they're also harming students. You're bringing in people, and this is what I'm writing an article about, about the achievement gap. You're, they're harming students by saying, like in Oregon, oh, the way to fix why a lot of minority students can't pass the math and English and other tests to graduate high school, let's just eliminate it. Mm -hmm. When California passes, we're not going to have anybody take SAT scores to get into colleges. Same with uh, Oregon, right? Yeah. And that's, so that's a way to help minority. And all it does is is that for, okay. Is that for everybody? Like everybody, everybody. Okay. Because they feel that not enough minorities are getting into these schools, but instead of looking at why, like even Barack Obama and Michelle Obama and the NAACPs were, were talking about this is a racist decision by eliminating the affirmative actions because it's going to harm minority students. But they came from Chicago. Chicago has 80% of black children can't do math or English to grade level. But but they're all against um, choice for, for students or for families, but they had choice to send their two girls to go to private school their whole life 
And one of the first official acts that he did as president in 2009 was to end a scholarship program that sent minority students out of the failing D.C. schools to um, private schools that his daughters attend. But going back to the original premise, here in America, um, we can find out, let's say, like campaign donations. That's all public record. Mm -hmm. We can find out this stuff. We have something called the Freedom of Information Act. We can find out what our government's doing or not doing. we We have the resources. And then just look at it. On another note, if America is so bad, why do millions of people travel from Central America, Venezuela, Cuba? Well, but I Haiti? don't think I don't think it's those people that have a that don't like America. I think it's we have a, a, like this majority here in a country that are already here that hate America. But the reason why they hate America is because they have the freedom to say they hate. Yeah, America. they have the freedom to do that. And you you listen to these people like. If you don't like this country, nobody's coming in to arrest you if you hate America. Yeah. Nobody's coming. You could talk bad about our president. You could talk about bad about anybody. You can burn the American flag. And even Anton Scalia, one of the most conservative members of the court until he passed away in 2016, he even said, I'm against flag burning. But in a Scalia world, that would be banned. But he voted in favor of free speech to support someone's right to ban- to burn the American flag. But also like you and I, we fought for this country. You know, we fought for America and there could be somebody doing the same thing and the only thing we could do is just we can take a little bit of pride in ourselves knowing that the things that we did are giving them the freedoms to do what they're doing. But then, right then also if you look at history and people look at our history, after World War II, think about this. After the end of the, Cir- the Second World War, America was all over Europe, all over Asia. Half of all shipping in the world was American. And America had the, the only country until 1949 when Russia acquired the atomic bomb. What did America do after the end of the Second World War? It demilitarized its, co- its co- military decommissioned everything, Mm -hmm. and it also instituted a Marshall Plan to help rebuild not only our allies, but our enemies of Germany and Japan, and now they're two of our staunchest allies. Mm -hmm. And we had the atomic bomb. What Flip the switch. What happens if Russia had 50% of all shipping was Russian? They had the atomic bomb, the only country that had the atomic bomb. How would they have used it? Look what China does. Many of our business leaders are, are really kowtowing to China. Do you think China would be open about a lot of things it's doing? Do you think China would be open about what its government's doing? Look at the, the Wuhan, vi- uh, the coronavirus. We're now finding out the more plausible scenario that it originated in a lab. This was coming from the, general, the, um, the FBI and the Department of Energy because the Department of Energy oversees the nation's laboratories. Now we're finding out, which you would never find this out in other countries, the General Accounting Office is stating that the National Institute of Health, which Dr. Fauci runs, was funding the Wuhan um, laboratory for the coronavirus. Where other countries would you be able to find that out? 
Well, I mean, and we're still kind of, it's still like slowly leaking. I think more will come out if there's a different president. But I mean, we're, again, we're not perfect. Our government <laughs> is not perfect. Our elected leaders are not perfect. But we have the freedoms that more, no other country has. You have a chance that anybody can go to college. I went to a junior college, then I went to a state college, and then I went and got my master's at an online military university. Mm-hmm. You can go. You can be dirt poor and still go to a university. Other countries, you're not doing that. Yeah. Look at our elected officials. We have people elected to office, whether Democrat or Republicans, from all different backgrounds. In many countries, in many Western countries, if you don't are not part of that ruling elite, whether on both sides, you're not running for public office. You're mm. not even going to obtain that. Now, as much as they call this a racist, systemically racist country, yeah. how did Barack Obama become president when blacks make up only 14% of the U.S. population? If every African-American voted for Barack Obama... He still would have lost in a landslide. Or Tim Scott. Or Tim Scott. Or, or Ben Carson. Or Ben or all these individuals or Byron Donaldson, the congressman from from Florida. Or Nikki Haley, the former governor and UN ambassador from South Carolina. Yeah, and, not uh, to mention there we have plenty of black police chiefs, fire chiefs. You know, mayors. We, we have a bunch. Yes, a bunch of. There's a black, black mayor, mayor of Baltimore. You know what? There's a black mayor of Chicago. I, I don't know if this black is, mayor of Los Angeles. I don't know if this is kind of a podcast I want to bring it up on, but who knew that the mayor of Miami was a Republican? Yeah, uh, Mayor Suarez <laughs> was he? He's Cuban. He's really re- revitalized. He's running for president. Look at the. Well, he's running for president, but did you know that he was a Republican? Yeah. All right. I mean, I didn't. I did not know until I'm like. Well, but look at the Republican ticket. You have an Indian American. You have an African American. You have a Cuban American. You have diversity of on that um, running for president on both sides. Even in 2000, um, or then you have yeah, like Tim Scott. You have this. That wouldn't happen. A Barack Obama would never be elected president in any of the Western countries. Mm-hmm. But did the the Obama presidency kind of ruin it for future uh, candidates? No, no, I think what he did is people would look at, I mean, people, that's the problem. People look at it as a race thing. I don't see it as a race thing. I just think it was Barack Obama, not because it was, he was Mm African-American. I could see, listen to Tim Scott. I like some of his principles. I think he would make a good president. But didn't his predecessor do more for black Americans than he himself? Well, the record shows that, I hate to say this to people, and they may disagree, that Donald um, Donald Trump did more for black Americans than Barack Obama did. And just recently found out that he, out of all the living presidents, didn't own slaves. Didn't own slaves. Even Barack Obama owned slaves through his mother. So you've got all these issues that are... Um, that. This shows the beauty of America. And again, America is an evolving country, and it just gets better each time. You got something? No, they said it looks like they said some comments in this live were filtered to protect the community experience. So I haven't seen anybody, any posts yet. I, but I, I wonder what we're saying. <laughs> yeah, so, but I mean, 
We're not perfect, but this is still far the best country in the world. Yeah. And uh, here's an example that I used on the radio show. My father fought in the Italian Navy during World War II, mm-hmm. fought against the United States. He was welcomed into America. And he had and he raised a family. Three of his four sons served in the military. Yeah. So if America is such a bad we even welcome our enemies who are former enemies and now are our friends. Not to mention that your dad may have witnessed the conception of the Pearl Harbor bombing. Yeah, well, what Joe is referencing that, my dad was in the Italian Navy and he was at the Battle of Ternanto, which is at the boot of Italy. And what that was in 1940, British uh, dive bombers um, bombed his, the fleet, Italian fleet, and they just sunk a couple ships. And the harbor there has is a shallow harbor. So the British modified their torpedoes to reflect the, the conditions of the, uh, the harbor. Well, my dad had pictures, and he threw them away. I wanted to slap them. But he had pictures of the Japanese admirals coming to his ship in 1940 to check it out. And it's ironic, in 1941, December 7th, Pearl Harbor, the Japanese had to modify their torpedoes because of the shallow harbor that was Pearl Harbor because at the time the torpedoes went below, I think, 25 or 30 feet. So they had to modify it to make reflected at 15 feet. Yeah. So you learn things every day. And then my dad fought against um, Prince Philip, who died, um, I think, two years ago because mm-hmm. they were in the same battle off the off, um, the island, I mean, off um, Greece and um, Crete. Yeah, and so, welcome to America with open arms. Welcomed open arms and, and embraced it, and he had um, children. Three of his four sons went into the military. All three served in combat. One brother was in the Persian Gulf War. My older brother was in um, Grenada and um, Lebanon with the, the Navy, and I served three combat tours in both Iraq and Afghanistan. And you were who with what? Who were you with? I was with in the, the, uh, the Marines. I was in the Marines. So that's why you're the best. That's why I was always <laughs> the best. But I, this country, is, and I just look at all the immigrants. Ask, I would just tell people this. If you may disagree with everything I said, ask any immigrant what they think of America and what their country, especially those who come from Cuba or, or Venezuela or some of these authoritative countries. Ask them. And there you go. We got millions flowing this way. I do not see millions going to China, Russia, any of the European countries or anything like that. But they come to America because they like that opportunity. I'm going to the Virgin Islands. There you go. All right, John, how can they get a hold of us? You can get a hold of us by going to ubaldireports at gmail.com. That's ubaldireports at gmail.com. You can check us out on all the... Um, social media platforms. You can check us out on our pod, the podcast on all the podcast streaming site, sites. So keep following Ubaldi Reports. The goal is to do this five days a week, Monday through Friday, because there's a lot to talk about. But I just wanted to do a, a Fourth of July message and 